Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we will be discussing Project 614, and this is part two in our conversation. We hope you enjoy. Yeah. Going back to before we start talking about Project 614, I remember I wasn't on staff at the refuge, but I was around the refuge, and I remember there was a lot of conversations happening around a common phenomenon that was really, really heavy on the staff was that a lot of guys were going through the refuge, were getting sober, and were um, starting to feel healthy, and they would leave, and there was no there was no connection back at that time. There wasn't there wasn't any sort of alumni um, group that was meeting or talking. There wasn't, unless people were just doing it naturally, but but without any sort of organized thing, right? It, it just, it wasn't materializing. And so there wasn't an alumni uh, group meeting. There wasn't um, any sort of like, like organized church that, that guys were connecting with together. Um, there wasn't, any sort of location or like sober housing situation. And so what, what was happening was guys were, were leaving the refuge and were really struggling uh, not only to maintain healthy relationships, but maintaining sobriety. And so right. the conversation started to revolve around like, we think, and, and I wasn't a part of the we at the time, right? It was the board, but they, because I was hearing it through them, but they were saying that we, we at the refuge really need to invest in some sort of church community on the West side. And we need to invest in some sort of post refuge experience where guys can be in community together and have some sort of missional component to help other people like they've been helped. And yeah. It was all birthed out of a uh, out of a need for like, man, if 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 the guys don't stay in community, they're not going to do well. Right. Yeah. And the the cool thing about it is this was a need that was identified by uh, alumni. It was, hey, I'm able to, I'm sober, I can get a job. It does, like I'm able to um, maintain that job. But then they were finding out that whether it was you know uh, past mistakes or rental history issues. So there's like this like tangible tactical thing where guys are having to rent in places that they're paying 50, 60, 75% of their monthly income to rent. And they're not even that nice. So a lot of the alumni were saying like, we need to find something that is, you know, like affordable because like they're doing all the right things. So what, what project 614 does is it addresses a felt need right away for guys where it's an affordable place to rent, but it's also, um, a, a communal thing where guys are still in community. So it addresses multiple problems or issues and challenges at once by providing this uh, for guys long-term. Yeah. It's yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the practical side of it. So you said it's affordable, maybe speak into somebody might start asking just like practical questions. Like what is, what does this look like? Like what, what if somebody wants to be in project 614, like what, where is this? I mean, we said West Side gener- generally, but like, where is it? Um, how do I how do I get involved? If I get if I was in a house, what does that look like? Can you speak into just what what are the practical components of Project Six One Four? 
Sure. So the refuge uh, has intentionally purchased uh, duplexes in the Hilltop and Franklinton uh, neighborhoods. So we purchase them re- and then remodel them into a way where it's something where it's not we're not it's not Taj Mahal, but it's something that you got that guys can be proud of to live in. Um, and then we offer them at a room rate of right now anywhere between 350 and 450 bucks a month that's utilities included there's no and there's also not a like you don't need a deposit at the very beginning so financially it's very easy to get in how you how you get in as a guy in the ministry so if you're in third and fourth phase you can start talking to me if you ever see me around uh, the hub and say I'd like to apply so then I'll send you an application. You fill that out. And then I also send out personal references. This is the more relational stuff where I want you to send out references to a work reference, a spiritual reference, and then a personal reference. Um, you send those out. Um, a group of people kind of vet this. So this is an, an application process. And then if we have room, if there's like a, a room available, because you're not sharing your room, it's one guy per room. So you're kind of getting uh, a lot more freedom and autonomy. Um, then we uh, line it up. And if it's something that you're interested in, we offer you a room, uh, you can, you can move in once you come the day after you complete. So like on, actually on the day of this recording, we had a guy who completed yesterday and he moved in yesterday to a new house, um, to his, to his room at a new house. So that's the tangible, um, I guess, touchable way, how it works right away. That's really cool. I mean, what what have we seen from this? I mean, have we seen uh, like maybe take us through the history of the last, you know, nine ten years? What what has sure. how has this grown? How's this evolved? Where were, where have we come from? And kind of where where what, how does it look today? You mentioned thirty some guys, but maybe just give us a little bit more of a vision of of what it's looked like and what it's becoming. Yeah. So it started out, um, again, guys needing to live someplace that there's a shared, uh, history and language of, of being a Christians in recovery, um, on the West side. So it started off on a house on Princeton Avenue, um, uh, where refuge owned it. And then we kind of just turned it into this long-term recovery place where they wanted guys to transition out of the refuge for, you know, six months to a year to get their footing. So at any given time, there were three to seven guys living there for, it was very, it wasn't very, it was pretty chaotic. So guys would live there for a month, six months. Um, There weren't any like rules around other than just paying your rent. So that wasn't working. A guy uh, who was on staff when I came on staff, his name is Phil Parker. Um, He uh, came in and was on staff for a time and he just kind of, cleaned house there, um, was committed to living on the West side. And a part of this growth in 614 is realizing we need to put some structure around it. So we realized that another thing that, that we can provide with project 614 is our goal is not to have this giant, like, um, rental, uh, portfolio with all these duplexes we want uh to to spread this out to other guys so we we see this as a wealth building opportunity for guys so um guys who move in um each of them have the opportunity to become uh, a homeowner a future homeowner the way that 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 works um is and i realized i just got off on a tangent wes so if you need to keep talking yeah yeah so we good so the way that that works is if you live in Project 614 for a year after your completion, um, then 
you say like, Hey, I'm really committed to this. I want to, I want to do this. I want to become a homeowner. Then we have a, a, an interview, essentially like a, a financial interview, myself and Ben Reynolds, our CF, the refuge's CFO, chief financial officer. Um, he was actually a banker for over 20 years doing interviews like this. So we say like, do you financially have the wherewithal to become a homeowner? Um, are you responsible enough to, um, you know, collect rent, um, be run house meetings because we, this is a, this is recovery housing. So there's house meetings, uh, random drug tests. There's certain stipulations connected to your rent because we're working to make it a safe place for guys to live. So if a guy does fit that and we have a house available, um, we will rewrite the lease. So that, that individual guy using Phil Parker as the example, um, almost four years ago, almost five years ago. Now, um, he became the homeowner, uh, renter to become a homeowner at Princeton. And the nice thing about it is with the refuge has it organized where we are um, using the rental income from one side and the the larger um, rental payment from the homeowner because you pay more if you want to become a homeowner. That goes towards the value of the house. So there's no interest. Um, our goal is to have guys who can pay off this mortgage in 10 years or less. So there's a lot of different variables. It could be eight, it could be 12, but we're, we're shooting for 10 years or less, where if a guy lives there consistently paying his rent and it has that understanding, he be, can become the owner. So once the home is paid off, we will um, sign it over to this guy and he becomes the homeowner. But the nice thing is, is during those 10 years, we operate like a landlord. So if something breaks, like the furnace, furnace needs repaired, we fix it. A tree falls on the roof, we fix the roof. Um, something like somebody moves out, we paint the walls. So it's a fresh, clean house when it comes time for you to own that house. Um, and then once it's yours, uh, we do get first right of purchase. So you can rent it out to other refuge guys and kind of join, build on the Project 614 community of guys in that way. Or you could sell it back to us um, and move to Florida or sell it back to us and move back home to Toledo or uh, to a different house in the West Side. It's up to you what you want to do with that. But we see that as a good uh, income stream for our guys if they want to become homeowners, but also just another tangible way to spread out what it means to, to live with one another uh, in a specific neighborhood on the West Side. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We'll be starting part three in our conversation on Project 614 tomorrow. We'll see you then.